When you see a threat, you go on alert. When you notice danger, you take extra care and extra caution. You pay attention. I heard this story just recently about a man who was going to take his children for a hike. And they got to the trailhead for the hike that they were going to begin, and they found a sign that warned about mountain lion activity in the area. And helpfully, this sign explained what to do if you come across a mountain lion, how to be careful, how to be cautious. And this man happened to decide that maybe a different trail would be better for him and his young children that day. I don't know, but I suspect that there were others who saw the signs and reacted differently, who still went out to uh, blaze that trail. But because the sign was there, they paid extra careful attention. They stayed on alert. They watched out for danger. They watched out for predators. I have my own story that's something like that. A very different trail that I happened to be on. And as I was walking, there was a rattlesnake all the way across the place where I was headed. I will tell you, I walked slowly and carefully and cautiously. And it wasn't more than a few minutes later I was coming back the other direction and I didn't see the snake. That may have been even more frightening. And I looked even more carefully and even more cautiously and I found it. That snake was curled up, coiled up in the grasses and sticks just off to the side of the path that I was walking on. It's pretty important that I saw the snake and recognized the danger. If I hadn't seen it the first time, who knows what I might have done walking less carefully and less cautiously and what kind of danger I might have put myself into. Our words, our verses from 1 Peter today warn us about a real danger, a real adversary, a real enemy that we have. But perhaps one of the biggest reasons that God has these verses inspired for us and had Peter sound this warning to us is the fact that we don't see this enemy. These verses compare the devil to a roaring lion stalking his prey. He's looking to devour someone. He's looking to devour us. And so he, he stalks about, he prowls around, and as he does so, we should be on high alert, watching out for all his tricks and all his temptations, but we don't always see the signs. We don't always catch a glimpse of the devil and what he's trying to do, what he's trying to accomplish in our lives, so we don't always know what to be on guard against. The devil doesn't announce his arrival 
or reveal his intentions. So our loving God sounds the warning for us. He puts us on high alert. He tells us to watch out. He directs us, resist him by being firm in the faith. God says, resist the devil. Now, Peter wrote these words as God led him to write these words to Christians who were suffering. And throughout the verses in front of us, you hear references to their suffering. We're told that their sufferings were similar to those experienced by other Christians throughout the world. Peter mentions anxieties and concerns. These people were troubled. And I'm guessing you can maybe relate to that. You've probably faced some sort of suffering. You've almost certainly had some sort of difficulty or challenge or trial or trouble. Maybe you know the heartache of strained relationships. Maybe as a Christian, you've faced opposition from people who are not Christians who make fun of you and belittle you, who think that you're foolish to believe what you do or be here as you are this morning. And maybe sometimes that ridicule or that persecution gets so intense that you wonder if it's even worth it. And maybe there have been times that you've backed off from saying something that you felt you should say or from doing something that you felt you should do. Maybe you've even felt that the suffering that you face is so overwhelming it seems nearly impossible. The suffering is not your enemy. God, our gracious God, promises that he'll use all things in our lives, even and sometimes especially the suffering, to accomplish his good purposes. The enemy, the adversary, is the devil. And all too often, we allow the devil to go unnoticed in our lives. If somebody hurts us, we think that that person is our enemy. We think about getting revenge and getting back. We let our anger fester instead of treating that person with love and kindness the way that God directs us to do. And so we forget that our, our real enemy is trying to get us to do exactly the opposite of what God wants. All he wants to do is oppose God and his will. And so if anger gets our attention instead of the word of God and the instructions that he gives us, well, then the devil wins that battle. If our focus is on revenge, then the devil's not only at work in our own lives, he's using us to work in the lives of others as well. So don't underestimate him. A prowling lion, he's looking to devour you.
He's not trying to make things uncomfortable. He's not pulling a prank or causing mischief or messing around with you. He wants to drag you to hell forever. And as a human being born into this sinful world, you started down that path with him. You were already eager to follow in his way. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came for you and for me and for a whole world of people like us who would have never recognized the devil's traps and temptations as what they are, who would have walked into every single one of them never to be released from his grasp. Jesus came for a world of people who would otherwise be devoured by sin and death and unbelief. People who would be torn apart by this roaring lion. So our gospel today from Mark chapter 1 gives us a little glimpse into the life and ministry of Jesus. We've been taking these moments to see what Jesus does in his earthly ministry from the start at his baptism in the river until he makes his way to the mountain of transfiguration and the little glimpse we get today, what's Jesus doing? He's undoing the work of the devil. He's healing people and relieving their suffering. He's driving out demons, those partners of the devil, from them and who have taken control of the people. And about those demons, Jesus proves he's so powerful, he doesn't even let them speak. Jesus is taking the mighty roar of this adversary, the devil, and he's putting a muzzle on it. And he's taking the sharp teeth of our adversary and he's directing them away from the people whom he loves. And that's just a glimpse. That's just a tiny bit of what Jesus did while he was on earth and during his earthly ministry. These few highlights are just the beginning. Here's what Jesus went on to do. He let that mighty lion sink his teeth into himself. Jesus faced suffering. He faced the pain and the torment that our sins deserved, but he didn't let the devil destroy him. He never fell for the devil's subtle tricks and temptations. He never fell into his traps. He didn't ignore the threat that Satan truly is in the lives of people. And when the devil had done his worst, Jesus gave his soul to his heavenly Father. And after his suffering on the cross, he bowed his head and died. And then he was buried. And then, just as he promised, he rose to life again to prove that the devil's work had been undone. 
That's the power of God. The one who did all that is the powerful God about whom or to whom these verses direct our attention. Peter calls him the God of all grace. As Peter had previously written in the same book, he's the one who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And because he has done that, now you have an interest in resisting the devil and fighting his temptations. Now you have the power to resist the devil and fight his temptation. Because you have the power of God. Look at how Peter in these verses emphasizes that power. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All of it. He can take it. He can handle it. He will lift you up, Peter says, with his mighty hand. He restores and establishes and strengthens and supports you. Oh, it would be a scary thing to think about facing our adversary, the devil, on our own. But we don't have to face him on our own. We face him with the power of God. We have a hero. We have the one who has already conquered the devil. The one through whom God has called us, as our verses say, into his eternal glory. That's why Peter can describe all our sufferings, the things that we face right now. He can say those sufferings are for a little while. Everything that is negative, everything that's difficult in our lives has an expiration date. It comes to an end. Only the glory to which our God has called us lasts forever. The power of God reminds us of one more aspect of our lives that God wants us to keep in mind as we resist the devil. It's actually the very first word of our verses in the Greek, but it comes out as the second word in our English translation, humble. Humble yourselves. Recognize that it's God's powerful hand on which we depend. depend. He's going to lift us up. He's the one who strengthens us. He doesn't expect us to make it on our own. We're not able to resist the devil by ourselves. Our anxiety can at times be too much for us to carry. Humbly cast it on Jesus. He cares for you. Don't try to handle it on your own. Don't try to do it all yourself. Don't try to be the hero in your own story. Be humble enough to recognize that your enemy is powerful. Be humble enough to realize that on your own you're going to fall into his traps and so be humble enough to rely on the one who undoes the devil's work. All of us need these reminders. We all need the signs that warn us about the, 
the roaring lion that stands on our path. All of us need the strength of God to resist. That's why it's so valuable for us to be doing exactly what we are doing here and now today. Joining in worship and hearing His Word. That's why His gift to us, His sacrament of Holy Communion is so special. He builds us up. He strengthens us. That's why we encourage so frequently that you join us for Bible studies together with your fellow believers. What an opportunity. And there are more opportunities. There are more days of the week. The devil doesn't just prowl around on Sundays. And so we can hide out here and be safe. He's going to prowl around throughout your life, throughout the week. So take God's word. Maybe these same verses. Maybe others like them. That encouragement and read it and hear it and meditate on it in the coming days. View those signs again, warning about the danger at hand. Use these tools that God gives you through which He strengthens you. He upholds you. Cherish that word and hold on to that good news for everything that you face and everything that you suffer. When we see danger, we go on alert. Peter had a personal experience that drove home for him just how dangerous the adversary, the devil, is. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, Jesus had warned Peter that the devil was going to tempt him and he was going to fall into that temptation. He said, Peter, you're going to disown me three times before the night is over. Do you remember? Was Peter humble? No. He said, no way. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. And then when Jesus was out in the, in the garden with Peter and telling him, watch and pray, Peter fell asleep. And then... When the devil's temptations came, Peter did exactly what Jesus warned he would do. And with that reminder, with that warning still echoing in his ears, he denied Jesus three times. But Jesus loved Peter. And he restored him, forgave him, helped him, strengthened him, built him up into the man who writes words like these, words that remind us of the dangerous adversary. Take words like these to heart. Don't sleep on the devil. Resist him. Be humble. And trust, not in your own power, but in the power of God. To Him 
be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.